Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hello and thanks for tuning in. I am that nerd dad, Joe Williams, and how are you? It's a Just Joe show today. Uh, here's what I've been finding as the summer kind of winds down. Guests are hard to get a hold of and uh, and difficult to lock down. And I think that's because everyone's out. They're enjoying themselves. They're doing social activities. Uh, not me, but but people. People are doing social activities. Uh, just want to say, if you're watching this on YouTube, you, not a lot of visuals this week. In fact, none. I have zero visuals loaded. So you're welcome to listen to this while you do something else. But uh, you don't need to look at me. You may want to switch over to one of the platforms, either Spotify or Amazon or uh, iTunes. I don't. Even, uh, what are they called? Now? I think it's just called the podcast app, Google Podcasts, all kinds of stuff. Um, no visuals this week, though. Just me and my my lovely voice talking to you um, for another 20, 25 minutes. But what we are going to talk about is uh, I'm going to tell you a nightmare I had last night. That was kind of funny. And I know nightmare and funny. That doesn't go hand in hand, but they will. You'll understand in a moment. Uh, I'm going to tell you my boot camp story, which I recently told to some people who hadn't heard it before. And um, I was like, oh, man, that's a, that's a good story. I almost died doing a boot camp. So we'll relive that tale. Um, and then I got uh, some other things I want to talk about that are a little more serious. So let's get into it. Uh, wait, wait, wait. What did I forget to do? What did I forget? I always forget to do the uh, thing that I have to. Please subscribe or follow. Wherever you're watching or listening to this, there's a subscribe. There's a follow button. Please hit that. Five stars. Thumbs up leave a comment, something to that effect. All of these things are super important to me and the algorithm. Um, the show has been continuing to grow and I cannot thank you enough, truly from the bottom of my heart. So whatever you're doing out there, keep doing it. I greatly appreciate it. Now let's get into the show. Are you listening? Damn. Uh. All right, we'll start with something super fresh in my memory. I had a nightmare last night. Do you get nightmares? I get nightmares. I talk in my sleep. I'm a very active sleeper. Um, I talk. I don't roll a lot. I'm not. I, I'm pretty stationary, but I'll get nightmares and I will. Uh, I'll talk in my sleep. Last night was a nightmare night, and uh, in my nightmare, my wife was very upset with me. Um, like really angry and I could feel it. I was like, holy shit, I did something terrible. But I was getting the silent treatment at the same time. So I was like, oh, okay. And uh, it felt very real. This is this is a situation we've been in the past. <laughs> and I was like begging her to talk because I like to talk when we get into an argument. I like to hash it out. Like, look, neither, nobody's getting a divorced over whatever just happened, I hope. Uh, so let's just talk it out and move on. My wife, it's time, strong, silent type at times, so we got to we gotta play by ear. 
That's why my nightmare, I'm trying to get it out of her. What did I do? What, what am I looking for? What piece of information will I be able to garner that I can move forward this conversation? Uh, and then she let me have it. She was mad because I fall asleep too fast. Bah, bastard. I, uh, I had a nightmare that my wife was upset with me because of how fast I can fall asleep. That's it. That's, that's, that's the only thing the nightmare was about. <laughs> like, we've had that conversation in the past where she's like, oh, it, it's annoying how quickly you can fall asleep. Because I can fall asleep anywhere. I could fall asleep doing this podcast if you, someone challenged me. I can get real comfortable in this chair, close my eyes, and probably within 10 minutes I'd be asleep. I'm always ready for a nap. Um, so at night, it's love you, good night. And probably before you could count to 10, I'm asleep. She needs hours to get comfortable and lay in bed and watch whatever and, and nope. So the nightmare was based in reality, but uh, she's never gotten that angry at me over my sleeping habits. That's how we start. We got a little nightmare anecdote for you. Next thing I want to talk to you about is, uh, and I, I, I apologize, I don't seamlessly transition. I'm not a seamless transition guy. I do with guests. Oh, I do with guests. I'm good at paying attention and listening, but my own shit, I don't try to string it together. I just have a, oh, here's a visual for those who are watching. Uh, I have notes. It just says, nightmare, boot camp, y'all need to be quiet. The X, why are you asking me anxiety and fin? Fin is finish. So it's all just kind of scattered dot points <laughs> as I work through whatever I'm working through. But we'll tell the boot camp story. So I recently told this story to some people who hadn't heard it before. Uh, I don't remember how we were talking about boxing, but we ended up talking about boxing. And uh, years ago, before I had kids, I attended a boxing boot camp at a local rec center. I think that's how we started it. We were talking about a local rec center. And... Um, I've always liked boxing. I've always liked the idea of boxing. I, I like watching boxing. I don't like you. I don't like UFC. UFC is barbaric, and I find it difficult to watch. Um, but two men, or women, but I can't say I've ever watched women's boxing. Uh, two men walk into a ring with gloves on, hands up. There's a ref, and they kind of dance and they feel each other out and they look for their opportunity to to get some punches in. I oh, I love the beauty of boxing. Um, I love the ballet of boxing. I can even watch a bad boxing match. So I've always wanted to do it. And I thought, cool, this rec center is offering a, a boxing boot camp. Um, first lesson free. Terrific. I'll go do this. Uh, I almost, I, I'm glad I didn't take any investment. You'll hear why. But I thought about, do I buy gloves? Do I buy the tape? And do I buy like, how, how into this should I get? Uh, I decided to go just in like shorts and a shirt to work out in. And when I got there, the instructor came up to me. He's like, oh, you're a first timer. I'm like, yeah. He's like, he's like, okay, cool. He's like, just so you know, first one lessons free. Uh, he's like, it's, it's a more of a boot camp. We do tend to the boxing towards the end. I'm like, okay, cool. And he's like, so just, you know, pace yourself today. And I'm like, yeah, I'll be fine. Okay. Whatever. This is before I had kids. I was, in, I was in good shape. I was coming off of a job where I was working in a warehouse, and I was probably in the best shape of my life. Uh, 
I was not ready for what I was about to experience. So they start us with like a mile run. I didn't have any water because I'm an idiot. Then from there, we go into a field and, uh, and we do like wind sprints and all kinds of shit. And I'm clearly struggling at this point. Uh, and this goes on for a good 30 minutes. Just ass kicking boot camp style legs up pushes up burpees blah 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 blah. i don't got any water i'm totally dehydrated by the time we work our way back into the gym i'm dying i i'm in the locker room going can't breathe i need water i can't breathe and i'm i'm like physically hyperventilating i went straight to the locker room i was done i could not breathe i could not believe the pain i was in uh, the coach came in to check on me because he noticed I wasn't around anymore. And he was like, he was like, you okay? And I'm like, I think I'll be okay. You're not right now breathing. <laughs> and, uh, and he helped get me a little bit of water. But I, I got dressed because I was getting the fuck out of there. So I got dressed. And uh, as I'm leaving uh, the rec center, I, I noticed a, a Powerade machine. And I was like, oh, okay, Powerade, good. I'll get a little electrolytes in me. It'll help cool me down even further. I put my money in, I get the Powerade, and it, you know, makes that vents out of the machine, and uh, and it's it's fucking hot. It's hot. The vending machine was broken, and it came out warm, like like I would steep a tea in this thing. You ever had warm Powerade? Neither have I, because I nearly threw up. So I remember waking my making my way to the car, and calling my wife. Got her voicemail, and I left her a voicemail that said something like this. Coming home. I can't can't do this. It's not for me. (laughs) Made it home. Drank all the water in the house. uh, Just laid in the shower, just trying to regain consciousness. It was not a fun experience. Um, I think I focused on the word boxing and not on the word boot camp. But I think uh, in that advertisement, the word boot camp should be like highlighted and underlined because that's that's what it was. God, that was a mess. Speaking of a mess, there, there's a transition for you. For those who have uh, avid listeners, you know I have a six-year-old in soccer. And uh, we kind of coming to the year-end celebrations, all that kind of stuff. Um, we had a last game of the season and there was an incident involving the parents on my team, my team, our team, whatever. And, uh, the referee almost called him the umpire, but the umpire is baseball. So the referees are kids. They're 13, 14 years old. They might be getting a few bucks a game to do this or it might be volunteer i have no idea uh i know when i was their age i i i was an umpire for softball i took a class i was very proud of myself i had to pass that class to become a certified umpire myself and a few of my friends did it all together and that gave us the ability to umpire softball games at our local uh league so these kids are out there refereeing 
uh, the league we're in is under eight. Not not an important game. But there was some sort of a blown call, some sort of a handball call that went the wrong direction. I don't know. I wasn't paying attention. I was on my phone. But some of the parents on my team got very upset with this young child about his inability to make an accurate call of a six-year-old soccer game. And they start, you're going the wrong way, ref. That's the wrong no, wrong call. And they really were starting to get on him. And to his credit, he turned around and said, y'all need to be quiet. And shut them up. I was so proud of this kid. I don't know this kid. I may never see him again. But in that moment, I was like, yes. Whoever raised you, raised you right. You have self-respect. That's amazing. He's standing there in the middle of a field with 10 under 8-year-olds running around him, kicking a soccer ball like one huddled mass of lemmings, wearing a bright pink shirt that says, Stop Bullying Now on the back, getting yelled at by a bunch of idiot parents. And I don't care if they listen to this. If you were one of the ones who were listening, you're an idiot. Uh, And he had the balls to turn around and say, Y'all need to be quiet. And they shut up. And I wanted to go hug this kid. I was like, yes, your parents did an amazing job. I don't have that kind of self-respect or self-worth now. <laughs> like, I, couldn't, I wouldn't have the nerve to turn around and tell these people that y'all need to be quiet. If someone tried to do that to me today, if I was just like walking down the street and I was getting heckled... I wouldn't say to them, you need to be quiet. I would just go to my car and cry like an adult. But this guy had the strength to turn around and tell a f- full-grown people, y'all need to be quiet. I was so proud of this kid. I was like, oh my God, that's the highlight of my week by far. So random kid, if you're listening to this, kudos to you. And if your kid is at the age where they're starting to ref and they're getting hearing it from parents, uh, play them this example. Because the second these parents got challenged, they shut the fuck up. And it was a thing of beauty. Just, oh, it was beautiful. So that was amazing. All right, 14 minutes in. I'm doing good on time here. I got, uh, I got like one more story, and we'll wrap. And I've got some guests coming. I promise there are guests coming. Uh, some big ones, too. Shh. One of the top podcasting dads has agreed to do an interview with us. It's going to be awesome. Anyways, unless I blow the interview, that'd be terrible. Whatever. All right. So um, I have a lot of listeners in the U.S., so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to frame this a little bit. I'm not going to assume everyone knows what I'm talking about. In Canada specifically Toronto, the last two weeks of August, last two weeks of the summer, uh, within Toronto, there's something called the CNE, Canadian National Exhibition, often called the X. And it's basically just a giant fair carnival. It's got all the kind of carny rides and the carny games. Um, But what they also have is they have giant buildings um, that are usually used for like convention centers and fairs and things like that. Um, 
and they transform them. One is transformed into a barn uh, for kids to see, do petting zoo kind of shit. Uh, one is transformed into a giant food building with food from around the globe, and it's all the fun, freaky carnival stuff, mustard, ice cream, ketchup, ice cream. Uh, I had a chicken sandwich stuffed inside of a beef patty. The beef patty was the bun. Uh, that kind of deal. So this is like an end of the year, end of the summer tradition in Toronto. And uh, last two years with COVID, weren't going to go. But this year we went. And the second my wife put it on my radar, I was having anxiety. It's no secret for any listener before. And if you're a first time listener, I struggle with social anxiety. So the second I knew we were going to this place, I wanted out. The X is crowded. I have to drive downtown. There is hundreds of thousands of people there on a day-to-day basis because it's only for two weeks. Everyone's been cooped up for two years. It was going to be packed. So I've been dreading this. But it's for the kids. It's for the kids. And so much of my anxiety, I've, I've even gotten help, like received help for the kids. I think if I didn't have kids, like I, I, I just, I don't think I'd have the, the drive to get better just for myself. I'd be kind of just like comfortable being alone, <laughs> to be perfectly honest. I think I was headed that direction where I was going to be comfortable just being alone in life. Um, but for the kids, I, I have I've forced myself through personal development for personal growth, which is amazing. They have saved my life in a lot of ways. Wow, that was a really sappy for someone who's been talking about really stupid shit. Okay, anyways. It's one of the things that happens. You just start talking and you see where it takes you. Um, so, I digress. But I knew I was going to go for the kids. And I, I was going to put on a brave face. And I was and, and all of those social interactions that drive me nuts, I try to do. Because I want the kids to see it as a normal experience dad goes up and asks for directions dad uh will 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 call someone out if they butt in line and just say uh, actually the line forms there or whatever the case is or if dad is thirsty he'll ask for some water like what because my anxiety will prevent me from doing those things so every single one of those little interactions is actually a hurdle for me that i need to jump over throughout the day so think about how many interactions you go through at a place like the CNE, where it's packed and it's crowded, and you gotta excuse me. Oh, oh, oh! Can oh, can you give me directions to this? Oh, okay. Where did you get that? That looks delicious. Like all these little interactions that normally people would just do and not think about. I'm like, I gotta go talk to this person. So I was stressed out, and when we're in the moment. I'm usually not too bad, but I did have one moment where I almost, I almost broke down and I could feel it. Um, I was tasked with, cause it's packed, uh, at, at lunch to find the table. Can you go find the table? There was like, like eight, 10 of us. There was a couple of families. Um, and, uh, I was tasked, can, can you go find a table for us? And then, uh, text us where you are. And then we'll come get the table and then you can go get your food. Sure, no problem. And there was a moment while I was pushing the stroller. 
through this sea of people. And all you're doing is you're kind of looking for a moment when someone is about to get up. You're kind of hoping like, oh, that person looks like they're getting up. I'm going to go steal their table before anyone else can. Um, There was a moment there where I almost lost it. I could feel legitimate. I could feel tears welling up inside me. And I was like, oh, we're about to have a problem. (laughs) We're about to have a problem. So I stayed. I just kind of like focused on the task at hand. I tried to slow my breathing down. And I actually went outside. I pivoted. I was like, I'm getting out of the building. I'm going to go try and find a picnic table outside. And that's what I did. I found a couple of picnic tables outside that weren't occupied. And I didn't have to... uh, I didn't have to like wait for anyone to leave or I didn't have to ask, are you leaving? I have I dumb luck. I found a table that was unoccupied. <laughs> I secured it. I sat down and I sent the victory message to the group. Hey guys, we're over here. I've got us a whole picnic table to ourselves. <laughs> and they don't know about that moment unless they're listening right now. But uh, that's what happened. Anxiety is fun. Mental health is fun. Um, It's so hard to deal with. It's so hard to explain. It's hard to describe. It um, it's so hard to want to be there for your kids and show them the right example. And when I say the right example, you want to be like, like I want them to, I want them to not be cognizant of it. I don't want to ever project my anxiety onto them. Where I'm like, hey, I have anxiety, so you're probably gonna have it too. I want them to not even know that daddy's worried about anything. Um, But when I am feeling those things, I tell them after. And I try to talk to them as best I can. It's a a learning curve. I want to finish on one thing. This is for my brother. TJ, if you're listening, this is for you. My note to myself says, why are you asking me? I don't know why people ask me anything about planning, organizing, if my wife is involved in any way. Like, why are you asking me? He says to me, well, with my brother, he says to me, uh, hey, what time do you want to leave? And I said, I don't know. Like, why are you asking me? Because if I say I want to leave at 8 a.m. And then I go to Nicole. And I say, Nicole, what time would you like to leave? And she says, 9 a.m. Well, we're leaving at 9. <laughs> Why are you asking me? I'm not going to turn around and be like, uh, no, I wanted to leave at 8, so we're leaving at 8. Get ready. If she says she wants to leave at 1 in the afternoon, we're leaving at 1 in the afternoon. I have no control over this at all. None. No say whatsoever. I mean, I could have some input, but let's be honest, I don't care enough either way. There's never been a moment where I dug in my heels over what time to leave. Never. I've never been like, ah, you know what? If we can't leave at 8, I'm not going. You'll have to take the kids by yourself. If you want to leave at 9, that's on you. Enjoy the day without me. I don't know if my wife is associated with this in any way. Ask her all of the questions. Because I'm going to do whatever she wants. And not in a negative way. It's just truly, I'm not passionate enough or have a strong enough opinion about any of these things. (laughs) None of them. 
Where are we going to eat for lunch? Don't care. What time do you guys want to leave? Doesn't matter to me. Should we bring should we bring a lunch or buy a lunch? Whatever you guys want to do. I could care less. So why are you asking me? If she's there, if she's coming in any way, please direct all of your questions to her directly or direct your questions through your wife to her. She will tell me what the plan is. And she will say, hey, we're leaving at nine tomorrow. Can you have the diaper bag packed and put the, the good stroller in your car? And I will have the diaper bag packed and the good stroller in the car ready to go at 9 a.m. That's my role. So stop asking me if she's coming. It's not ask me if she's coming because she'll be coming with us. But like, stop, stop asking me detailed questions if she's also going to be participating in the day. That's it. That's the show. <laughs> That's it. That's my note that says Finn. Where is it? Oh, yeah. Finn. I don't know if I ever finished the uh, extract. We all had a good time. We ate a lot of junk food. That's it. That's the show. Uh, I got two interviews lined up for next week. Maybe a third uh, as people are kind of back into the routine and back into the office. And then uh, there's talk of me going on somebody else's podcast. All these details I, I released through social media. I'm sorry I'm a couple days late. As you can tell, I've had a bit of a, bit of a busy week. So uh, we'll wrap here now. Want to thank DeanBlundell.com, DeanBlundell.com, home of Canada's number one podcast network. Monday to Friday, three-ish. Uh, catch me there. Catch me everywhere. Merch. I don't think I've sold any shirts. Maybe one or two, but it doesn't matter. Uh, I've got zero days without a dad joke. World's okayest dad. Raised by Homer, Peter, Stan, and Bob. And, of course, that nerd dad logo, which I'm, like, realizing my face, my camera mask angles. Every week I have a different camera angle. My husband's been going through so many renovations. I've got so many different camera angles. Zero consistency. Whatever. It was just really quiet there. I just, like, ran out of steam. I was like, fuck it, I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> Head over to the Dean Blundell store. Look for that Nerd Dad merch. It's all available. It's fun. It's good stuff. Uh, that's it. Be well. Be safe. I hope you enjoyed the end of your summer. Um, and I hope we get to chat real soon. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening. Damn. Do. Did. Will, the Story of People podcast is now available on the Cryer Media Network. The first five episodes are here and feature some incredible guests that fit into one or all three of those categories. Ready? Tara Sloan from the San Jose Sharks, Undercurrent Podcast at NBC Sports. Marianne Iveson from Iveson Voice and the Let's Take This Outside podcast to talk about the world of outdoors as well as voiceover land. Ariana Hunsicker, future Canadian Paralympic swimmer, already winning tons of awards for this country. Scott McGregor from the Hot Wallet podcast to dumb down the world of crypto, Bitcoin, and NFTs so you don't have to. And Jackie Holawati from Climate Pledge Arena in Seattle, Washington, the first net zero carbon certified arena on the planet. 
wherever you get your pods, wherever you watch your pods, and on the Crier Media Network. I'm Andrea Askowitz. And I'm Allison Langer. And we are the hosts of Writing Class Radio, a podcast, but we are so much more. We have writing classes. So if you are looking for live online classes where you can join a community, write to a prompt, get feedback, and get better, check out all our classes at writingclassradio.com. And listen to our podcast wherever you get your podcasts and at writingclassradio.com.